Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guest and i discuss our lives amidst the chaos of the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i'm brandon aka ben turdsman i hope you're doing well as well as you can be my guest is an ohio-born sketch comedian and improviser he was on the very funny web series the earliest show and played cupid on mitch live he hosts the twitch talk show live at five with fartzer every weekday and he loves bike stunts please welcome joe hartzler Hey, thanks so much for having me. Wow, what a nice introduction. You did your homework there. That's that's great. Yeah, I gotta do right by you. You're taking the time to do it, so thank you. Of course. Um, first question is just how are you and where are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. I'm here in Los Angeles. I'm hunkered down in my rented room. I've got two roommates, and, uh, you know, those are the variables that worry me most, you know, because I'm kind of a control freak, but it seems like so far we're doing pretty good, and, and we're even kind of keeping our distance from each other, too. You know, we're all friends from college going on 20. 20 years ago, but yeah, we're, we're really maintaining distance and trying to do our best. Of course, there are shared spaces like the kitchen, the bathroom and stuff like that, but what are you going to do? Are they kind of venturing out as well? I mean, are you kind of staying more hunkered down and being a, a self-described control freak? Is that good at this time right now or bad? Well, I think it's maybe bad for anxiety. You know, it's definitely sure. I, I've been high anxiety, but I'm doing other things like I cut out drinking and smoking weed for this time. And, that, and I think that's been really helpful as well, just to achieve more consistency and to not also have to go out for those supplies sure. is good. When I'm shot, I'm leaving like once a month. I have had to do my once I've been in for a month and then uh, on Friday I had to go to Target and it was a total nightmare but I was wearing a mask and then I got enough groceries you know I think I could survive for another month and a half or two months whereas awesome. it, it seems the roommates are probably having to go a little more frequently in fact the other morning which in his defense he picked up cat food and cat treats that I panicked and forgot my cat's been very angry with me <laughs> but my roommate had to go out to the pharmacy and his entire grocery list was a tube of toothpaste that would give me anxiety just thinking about that, honestly. Like, I get the importance of oral care, of course. I, in my mind, I'm just thinking, I am going to have a regimented list, and I'm going to justify the, frankly, undercurrent of fear and panic that will, it'll haunt me. And I would suggest if you do have to go out for that, make a list and get everything at once. Don't put yourself at risk multiple times. Do one trip and then have it done for a month. I know other people are maybe shopping for a little more, like, fresh things that need replenished every week and and I would say get some frozen stuff. I'm making a lot of chicken soups. I'm using the Instant Pot a lot, which that's been really good. Easy rice. You can do frozen chicken breasts without having to thaw them, which is really handy. I bought frozen spinach. I'm going more to the fresh stuff that I normally eat, trying to get them in a form that will last longer. It's just like anything else. Like I, all I can control, and even then I'm not so sure, is just the second to second of the day. Like tomorrow, I have no concept of what tomorrow is going to be like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's, you know, puts you in the present moment. You got to be thankful for the times that you're feeling healthy, you know. You definitely have to think ahead a little bit. But yeah, I suppose you just have to live in the moment and uh, take whatever precautions you can. One interesting side effect that I'm dealing with right now is my hands have started to uh, develop these little cuts and cracks because I'm washing them so much. So I'm trying to find that balance of like, okay, maybe I need to go easy on the hand washing. However, the elbow has become... Uh, a critical part of my day-to-day -day. using that elbow for 
for light switches, faucets, everything. The elbow should not be underestimated. It is definitely an asset that is vastly underutilized in the pre-COVID world. So hopefully, you know, our mutual elbows will get their shine. I feel like I'm doing as much without necessarily going insane with it and just overdoing it and feeling the pain of cracked hands and things of, what can I do that is truly like I'm doing everything within a reasonable degree? Yeah. Because I could go off the rails either way of not doing anything or doing way too much. I'm trying to equalize in that regard. Yeah. You know, I've also heard, in fact, I interviewed a ER nurse on my show on Friday, which if you mm. want to check that out, go check out. It's in my most recent uploads. And she emphasized that you really can't be too cautious. You can't put this genie back in the bottle. So you get one shot at it. Another weird little thing I'm doing is not closing the restroom door all the way. You know, instead of having the latch totally shut, so you have to touch the handle, I close mm. it to where the latch is against the wall. It's closed-ish, but I can open that bad boy up with my foot when I'm done. That's a good idea. I, that never occurred to me of... My roommates probably like, hate yeah. it, but... Uh, That's not a crazy difference. It is certainly not a night and day difference of door wide open and you're just seeing everybody's business. And then also you don't have to touch it. Because I know, yeah, I'm kind of taking, you know, in the vein of doorknobs and things. Well, A, of course, not touching everything whenever possible, but diluting, you know, with water, rubbing alcohol and, and making sure to rub all that stuff that I touch before washing my hands. There you go. I know I can get in the weeds of that. I would sooner, frankly, overreact and not regret it later. There you go. Overreact and then bad things happen. Yeah, this is not a drill. This is this is the time. Now, one weird thing I do, I've had like some emergency rations. Like I have a lot of freeze dried food and just like emergency, just in case stuff. But I discovered through this, those things make me sick to my stomach. There's something in them that really ups. like the preservatives, I guess. Yeah, maybe, maybe all the preservatives. I had an occasion maybe last week or the week before where you know I wolfed down one of those bad boys and then was paranoid for like the next 24 hours. Like, oh no, am I sick? Because I'm not yeah. feeling good. And that anxiety just sent me through the roof. So I'm staying away from the emergency, emergency stuff until it's like life or death survival. Something like that, I guess you have to learn it the hard way. If anything like that had happened, yeah, I would absolutely spin out as somebody with anxiety and depression. Some days I feel like I'm teetering on the brink. Yes. Whether that is I talk to somebody, it's just they didn't say anything. And I just feel like a pang of annoyance or anxiety or just something. Yeah. Where my body's telling me, oh, I need I need to do something to offset this or just turn off or I've been thinking about just close your eyes, take a few deep breaths. Right. And, and that can go a long way. Right. And there are some exercise, some breathing exercises that they've actually recommended that can help you sort of prepare for this. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is sometimes when you have anxiety, you start taking in too much oxygen. I think one of the keys to the breathing is to focus on, especially when you're feeling like a panic attack, is to focus on the breathing out part of it, like a long. Okay. A short breath in and a long, slow breath out. And that can help if you're definitely like sensing a panic attack coming on. Focus yeah. on the long, slow breath out as well. It makes a lot of sense to me, especially in like you're focusing on the relief of the exhale and elongating that. Yeah. And also, I, I would imagine, too, the, the feeling of your literal, like your shoulders and maybe even psychologically just relaxing. Are you yeah. in a controlled environment are you, or do you have roommates and stuff as well? Or, or are you uh, able to isolate? I am lucky. I have a house. I do not have any roommates. Oh, that's amazing. And I just have a cat, which also, again, adds to the equalizing and the tension release of this. Having a delightful idiot of an animal yeah. who is completely clueless to everything going on. So that really helps to equalize. Yeah, been, there you go. I mean, go. I, I'm just lucky. 
to have had that situation, you know, in these times right now. Anything that, uh, you know, you got a little buddy there to, to go through it with you. I'm very lucky. And especially when a situation with roommates, you have to be more mindful of controlling what parts of your environment that you can, regardless of, of who it would be. Some days are easier than others, I would imagine. Yes, for sure. Hey, can I tell a, a fun story from the before times? Oh, please. So when I was in my early 20s, I was touring and doing a short form improv comedy all over the country. And we came through Little Rock, Arkansas, in your home state there. And, and we were in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I was just learning to drink beer. And I was probably like 23 years old, so I was a little behind. But yeah. I was just learning to drink beer, and me and a buddy went out to get a few beers in Little Rock and had a great time, met some great people. But how it started was my buddy got us each a Corona with a lime pushed in the top. And then mm -hmm. he showed me, you know, you push the lime down, you hold your thumb in it, you turn it upside down and let that lime float to the top. Well, I had never done that before. And so when I did it and I flipped it back over, it started spraying, you know? Yeah. It sprayed this big guy, like a big muscle guy. And he turned around like, uh, who's the funny guy? You know, he thought I did it on purpose. We had to like talk this dude down from totally kicking our asses because <laughs> he thought somebody had done that on purpose had like sprayed him. I'm like, I promise I've never, I've never had a Corona with a lime <laughs> before, you know, which does not yeah. sound very believable. But I'm uh, sure he would be nervously like, and look, yes, I do traffic in humor. That is why I truly am here. Exactly. In, he in was... this regard, it is not a bit. I promise you. <laughs> he was literally saying, who's the funny guy? Later, we broke down the walls. I smoked a blunt with him. That's nice. A nice ending to a, a very tension-filled middle. Yeah, for good, sure. good people there in uh, in Little Rock. We had a great time. Oh, a lot of fountains. You guys have like natural springs and stuff, right? Was it? It was Little Rock, I think, or was it uh, the Springs Town? Do you have a Springs Hot Town? Hot Springs. Yeah, it was Hot absolutely. Springs. That's where it was. It wasn't Little Rock. It was Hot Springs. It's got a really interesting speakeasy-based history for sure. It's really very cool. cool. I know we, we did talk about some of it. You said that you'd stop drinking and, and smoking weed kind of to equalize and probably like as a stabilize your own mood. Yes. Uh, just to keep equal in, in this. Like this is a, a time absolutely where of all this scariness, these numbers, this uncertainty, the everything that people without anxiety are, I'm sure, extremely anxious, let alone, I know for me, being anxiety written in the day-to-day pre-COVID world. I imagine that's probably really helping. I think you mentioned something about Yeah, that. for sure. And uh, this is the longest I've ever gone with giving up weed in like, uh, you know, t embarrassingly in like a decade or something like that. But it was also, I wanted to prepare myself in case I do get this. It's like, I got to give myself a fighting chance. And I think uh, being a heavy consumer of, uh, of weed, even though I've generally vape it it's been really great to give my lungs a, a fresh start and also yeah. just an, it's another one of those things that you can control and i think that can help alleviate some anxiety and i'm much more uh, i think i'm much more consistent that is something yeah that i've been thinking about too about even after i do them the realization of like oh i i did that and it wasn't necessarily a bad thing but i did that because i'm like oh i'm just trying to find some semblance of control in a completely helpless environment right now yeah are there other things that you're doing that's fine you found help you we're all adapting in real Time well, I'm busy, you know, and I had been live streaming before this. So, man, I feel so lucky to, to have sort of a leg up, especially as I watch the celebrities try and fail. And it's yeah. so funny watching them all fail to live stream. And they're all doing these really crappy periscopes. And uh, it's been On such a giant platform, too. Like, yeah, they're doing it in front of quite literally millions of eyes. Yeah. Or Joe Biden even, you know, falling on his face. That's been 
kind of nice to have a live stream that's already worked out and I've already been through all this troubleshooting and stuff and I had uh, people to help me and I, I made the joke, you know, the celebrities, they only have endless resources and assistants who hate them. Whereas <laughs> yeah. uh, we have uh, people who can, uh, you know, help us. We have some solidarity out there. So it's nice to have things to work on. Like, in fact, I'm recording another, I'm doing a call-in for someone else's show here in a couple hours this afternoon and then I'll start preparing for my own live stream and I, I just start taking calls more often, which has been really fun to hear from people and uh, to again to have sort of a digital family of Absolutely. people who you can hang out with every day so even when I'm feeling so anxious and really beat up by the time I'm done doing a live stream you know which I usually only do like an hour that's been really helping well, that's awesome. You know, even doing this and talking to people, you know, like yourself, it helps me. And from what I understand, it's helped some other people, I guess, to hear the conversations, to remind everyone that everyone in the world is being affected by this. Yes. And we're all adapting and we're all in some form of shock where we're just trying to figure it out, wrap our head around it. We're all trying to do right by ourselves. A lot of people, too, are just trying to do right by each other. Another thing I could caution you against, you know, at the same time, it's almost like the opposite point is I almost have to stop going on Instagram because everyone, at least my my friends who are all a bunch of actors and stuff, they've all started making content and it is so bad. The world does not need more content right now and that's one thing I'm learning more and more is nobody needs me to do a live stream. It helps me to do it. The, the world has too much content and not enough people in the audience. I hadn't thought about it until, I want to say that Jack pointed out, the, specifically at the time, the Josh Gad crying video. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the realization I hadn't thought about it of, wow, they're all making these videos because they have to be seen. That jolt of attention. It's funny because, you know, the longer I'm out here in Los Angeles, the less I want anything to do with that part of it. I've been lucky. I mostly work in commercials and stuff like that. Uh, occasionally I'll pop onto a, a TV show or I did a movie uh, last fall. But, you know, the people that truly make it, it seems like their lives are hell. Like having to go to all these parties and just having to show up and do the press interviews. I mean, I don't know if I even want to be that person anymore and uh, this time has given me a lot of chance to think about what do I want out of the next rest of my life Lord willing if I'm spared yeah same thing I definitely am trying to think forward while still being mindful in the moment of not getting this shit because it's yes. so scary yeah that is interesting I hadn't thought about it kind of through that prism of I mean obviously there are you know in this community and, and kind of the the viewers of, of your show and Twitter communities community that's been cultivated in a very cool and like organic way. Even outside of that, to be somebody who is part of the air quotes machine. Yeah. It's gotta be, that has to be really difficult just to, there's nothing substantive of that life. It's all superficiality. It's all go to this, that, and that, and you're doing it out of a sense of obligation and not any kind of decompression or possibly enjoyment. Yeah, if you ever get a chance to watch like those montages of people saying the exact same thing at, uh, yes. you know, 50 pressers, those are <laughs> a real glimpse behind the curtain of, of what's going on. And I also, think that the adulation you get or the fans that you get, I think it's important to remember how thin those relationships are. These are people who would turn on you in a heartbeat. They don't really yes. care about you. They care about the little cloud of celebrity that's following you. And kind of the what they're projecting onto you for themselves. There you go. It is very much a, not even what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me this second? And I don't like it, but I can understand how they completely lose their grip on reality. For sure. You hear so much adulation. Of course, your brain is going to warp. I think in many ways, the longer I'm here, I'm like, I feel so lucky to have been spared some of that, at least. The other thing I think I've learned is, uh, you know, when I first moved out here, I think I wanted the affirmation of my heroes. Now it's just like, man, just go make it. If you want to make stuff, make what makes you laugh or make what interests you 
you and don't wait for uh, some gatekeeper to be like, good job, you did it. That's a fake thing. The idea of uh, great job. And now here are three seasons of an NBC sitcom. Yeah. The stories that I feel like a lot of people hear about and even the ones that make it out here are the fantastical stories of like Spielberg was taking a tour as a teen and he broke away from the group at the studio and met a guy and he became his mentor and now he's Steven Spielberg. We don't hear about the, oh yeah, he's like preternaturally gifted and he made a thousand movies since he was three years old or whatever. You only hear the delightful stuff or the tragedy. The one thing I hear from people back home is they'll always be like, you know, just wait, you're gonna get your big break, you're gonna get your break. And what I've realized is there are no breaks. You make your own momentum and the people that do break out we're already doing it for a long, long time. Man, I don't want to say follow your bliss. That seems like a lame phrase. But you, you got to do what makes you laugh or do what entertains you. Don't wait around on anybody else to say, congratulations, here's your big break. You got to have the momentum going and then people go to you. There's a reason that there are plenty of actors out there to where you hear how old they are their age, not even like old, but their age. And you're like, oh, they're that old? Because they've been toiling at this for so long and they break out later in life as opposed to the Scarlett Johansons of the of the world who have been acting since they were two. That's the thing that is like the, the sexier story, but that is not seemingly how it goes at all. And it's funny, the longer I'm here, and especially during this time, I'm like, I find myself just sort of dreaming of, uh, man, I just want to disappear somewhere and, and be able to afford a house and have a garden. That sounds yeah. like living the dream to me now. That sounds lovely. I imagine just living there for long enough too, and you become part of that machine that some people probably thrive on it, and that's everything they've been wanting. And maybe for others, you know, who want, you know, maybe more feeling of substance or whatever the case may be kind of have to endure it to realize whether it's for you or not yeah i think some people are uh, really cut out for it and uh, other people it just chews them up so uh i'm lucky sure. to have sort of uh, split the uh the difference there and uh you know nobody recognizes a commercial actor so it's great seems like from what i've read the money's nice too so that's cool surprisingly it's not as good as what you think it is like uh i had a super bowl commercial play in this in the super bowl last year and with that i could have maybe purchased a used car if it was not a truck or a four by four or and if it was like a few years five years old and so you can't be like oh i booked it i booked a super bowl commercial you have to keep doing that over and over you can't live on a super bowl commercial it was like well okay that was fine but now what am i going to do to make a living this year yeah like it's, it's more keeping you afloat than it's actually giving you freedom and options to say no to things yeah and i don't want to uh, complain i mean you know sometimes it is nice occasionally you have one that runs for you need it to run multiple times if it just runs once during the Super Bowl, you're not going to retire on that. Sure. That's the thing about acting is you're always auditioning and you're rarely getting paid for that. It's not like you're not trying to work. You're doing almost the same amount of work. It's just you have to consistently book. It's very, very hard. I would imagine, though, then the Internet being what it is. I mean, yeah, it can be awful, too. But for a creative like yourself, it must just be endless possibilities, just depending on kind of what you want to do with the Twitch stream. It's got to be very fulfilling kind of an outlet for that kind of like this podcast is for me yeah that's where i find fulfillment and it's nice to have something that you can work on and and have control over especially when your whole life is is auditioning which is a a real nightmare you have i've learned to be very good at failure fail to build those emotional calluses i imagine yeah you got to fail to book a bunch of them before you uh the occasionally lightning strikes and you snag one I don't know if that would harden me or just break me, but it's not for everyone. I can't imagine. I want to say thank you for coming on. Your tips, that's stuff I'm going to employ too. 
and be more mindful and think about these things. So thank you for having me and uh, stay yeah. safe. You know, this has been fun. Appreciate your time. Anything you want to plug? Live at five weekdays at five o'clock Pacific. Twitch.tv slash Fartsler. I'm doing, uh, you know, I do some call-ins. Sometimes I host with my buddy Joe Puppet, uh, who is a degenerate alcoholic puppet. He's uh, pretty fun. And then I'm also doing right now, I'm offering on Saturdays a free improv course at 11 a.m. Pacific. Just tune in and you can hear me rant about improv theory for an hour or an hour and a half. That's awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate it. Hope you're doing well, and I hope you continue to. Be safe, be mindful, be thoughtful. Goodbye. Thanks, folks.